history and politics absolutely talk to each other all the time. If we could study history, we could learn a lot about how we're dealing with each other right now. I would very much echo your call for much more conversation between the two subjects. To understand politics and really to understand any subject, you need to know the history. Hi everyone, welcome to Series 3 of History and Politics podcast, Dead Current. We're starting off the new academic year with a brand new series, so expect to see more content from us over the coming weeks and months. I'm History and Politics new podcast and interview coordinator, Emma. Um, And I'm Maximus, and I'm the president for this year. And today we're here with two of our summer writers, Efka and Matthew. To give a little context, over the summer, nine students researched and wrote articles on a variety of topics for our blog. You can check these out right now at historyandpolitics.org. Um, and we're also looking for some more writers and contributors for this academic year. So if you are interested in getting involved, do head over to our socials for more information about applying. We are on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and even LinkedIn. Okay, that's all the housekeeping for today. Let's get into the podcast. So as we mentioned, today we're joined by two of our summer writers. Um, did both of you want to introduce yourselves to all of the listeners? Hi, I'm, uh, I'm Matthew. I'm, I'm a second year PPE student. Yeah, no, I, I was a summer writer over the course of the summer, quite like um, Victorian politics as a kind of history subject that I'm into. Um, and yeah, I guess I'm looking forward to doing this podcast. And um, hi, I'm Ifka. I have a quirky voice as well because everyone's got precious flu. <laughs> but I'm a third year English literature student. Um, and yeah, I was a summer writer this year. My main focus was I guess kind of random. I wrote one on Russia, wrote one on Northern Ireland, and then writing one on the north of England. So yeah, quite varied. Amazing. So the first question, the first proper question, is why did you apply to be a summer writer? Um, We'll start with Matthew first. Yeah, I I guess I I applied to be a summer writer because I just, there are many opportunities, I think, to write about kind of history and about politics in, in a more detailed kind of way. So Obviously at Durham we have the Platinate and you know that's an excellent opportunity to write about current affairs and issues um, which matter but um, um, but you know you don't really get the opportunity to go into an in-depth analysis about all of these really interesting topics throughout history even contemporary issues don't really get to go into kind of the nitty-gritty of it all and I guess being a summer writer allows you to write an article where you can actually I suppose, get more into it, you can get more involved, get more research into it, and you you just get to, I guess, get into a topic that you enjoy doing. Um, I guess for me, um, I always wanted to do history as my degree, but then the A-level kind of scared me. Um, So I really, really missed history and, like, learning about it, and I feel like I'm always looking things up. And much like Matthew, I just felt like um, in Durham there's so many amazing publications to write for but there's not many where you can write almost like a not a thesis in terms of it's obviously not 12,000 words but like a thesis of something that is quite niche and very interesting and it isn't focused on current affairs obviously it can be because it's history and politics but like I found that I'm really interested in like the Russian royal family and this gave me like the chance to write about that and talk about that which wouldn't have necessarily been available to anyone anywhere else so that's what I really like I really like the variety and it's so interesting as well getting to research articles that are just like niche and you can just find things like yourself I think it's really good for like your degree as well like I just really enjoyed doing it 
Okay, so yeah, you both touched a little bit on about areas that you've been working on with the summer writing this year. Did you both want to kind of introduce some of the areas of your research for this year? Yes, yeah, so I mean, um, I did a couple of articles. Um, one was on um, the National Care Service. Um, I did another one on Twitter and democracy in, in Twitter and a final one on house ownership. But I think um, what's kind of pinned at least two of them together was um, my interest in Victorian politics, um, particularly Disraeli, Gladstone. I'm really fascinated by kind of the, the reforms that took place in kind of that 1850s to 1900 kind of periods in Victorian politics and the reform that happened over there. And so I, I found it quite interesting to take contemporary issues and kind of go, well, how did they do it back then? Like, how, how did they deal with similar sort of reforms, the same kind of subjects? So I was looking at healthcare reform um, a bit in that Victorian period. And I was kind of like, well, how do we then, you know, look at Victorian reform, uh, healthcare reform now? Um, and so, yeah, no, that, so that was kind of my main area of interest, kind of comparing the two current affairs and Victorian politics. I'm like kind of the same in terms of, I guess what links on my articles is like identity and sort of um, belonging. So my first one was about Olga Romanov, who was a member of the Russian royal family, who many believed if she, if the line of um, succession included women, if she was next in line, there wouldn't have been a need for Rasputin to help cure Alexei, the, the one in line to the throne, um, because she would be in line. And so maybe it could have saved Russia's royal family as well as her really in-depth um, interest in politics at the time. And then my other ones have been, so I wrote one on Northern Ireland and about how with the peace lines in the Shankill and Falls Road, kind of symbolise what's going on with Brexit and the border in general and whether or not a united Ireland could ever really happen. And then my other one is about the north of England and the growing um, calls for devolution and an independent north. So I guess it's like things with belonging, things of identity and very political as well, but also kind of like a focus on class and women and colonisation, I guess, as well. I think you've both touched on something here. Um, both your areas of research are obviously of interest to you, but also I found that they're very relevant at the moment. So, Efka, just to pick on your research a little bit, I read your Northern Ireland article that's on our blog at the moment, and I thought it was really great, and especially in the way that it brought a human side to the issue. So in prep for this podcast, I read up on some articles um, about Northern Ireland and the border issues um, and I don't personally know too much about Irish history um, and I want to blame the English curriculum for that but I'm not sure if if I, I'm able to um, but I found that the issue kind of gets lost in a lot of jargon so lots of talk about single markets and yeah I just have no real concept about any of that um, so reading your article I thought it was a really nice fresh perspective on it I really felt the human side come through um, and I just wondered if this was a conscious decision on your part or did it kind of naturally come about that way? Yeah, definitely. I do feel like with the the Irish question, it's always a focus on what would benefit England and the Crown and the UK more. And it's obviously I'm very much in support of United Ireland, but I understand that others aren't. Um, but it definitely also came from a personal interest because as you can probably tell by my name, my family are originally Irish and so the county that we are from is now considered Northern Ireland when 
we've always been Irish and then in the Troubles that was like a whole big thing whenever going to visit um obviously people have different opinions on that I am have been brought up in England so I can't ever really fully comment on it but I do feel like often when covering things to do with the British Empire or British history in general there's a focus on glorifying it or perhaps um not necessarily focused on like casualties or the human side of it but really these are people's lives who a literal border has been put in place and has like torn a country apart as well as families apart so I feel like I really want to focus on that human side because it's also something that really interests me um obviously I do English so I'm always interested in like the human perspective perhaps more um but things like single markets I literally don't have a clue about economics but like whilst it is important to do the like Northern Ireland and everything there's so many more like layers to it than just like economics <laughs> um, and I think that's the thing that's really great about these summer writer articles that we did this year the topics that were covered were just so varied um, and they were kind of little snippets into areas of history and politics that I personally had never even considered before um, all in a bite-sized accessible form as well I know that sounds <laughs> kind of sounds like I'm pitching our blog but seriously go and read the articles because because they're amazing so just to come back to Matthew again um, on kind of the same kind of point um, about how the past and how history is relevant today um, which is the phrase everyone likes to use in their personal statements but it's true um, in your article about Disraeli's public health reforms you made the case for a national care service um, so I just wondered if you could maybe elaborate on that a bit more. Yeah, I mean, I ended up being very lucky with the timing of my article because, of course, it happened. It came out about two weeks before um, Boris Johnson made his announcement about care, um, you know, about his care reform as well. So, so it, I guess you know, that's the example of like how how important history can be to the relevant to to the relevancy of today. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that it's, I think the fact that obviously the Victorians have very different issues. Um, facing them at the time but of course the perennial issue we will always face is well how do you improve healthcare and how, how do you how do you kind of figure out what the issue is that that you're dealing with at the time um, and, and that's something which everybody has always faced throughout history and so I think looking at today um, you know like I said in in my article coronavirus aside the main healthcare issue of the 21st century is mental health and the struggles that we all have with mental health and also with kind of us getting older as a population and the inability to cater for the older generation as well as, as they get older and those two key things are not really provided for in a, in a health service which is is still very much focused on um, on emergency care and helping people in emergency situations and so you know what the health, obviously what the National Health Service does is amazing and nobody can ever ever doubt that, but you know, it's focused on that emergency care. And there's been a lot of talk recently about moving the focus away from emergency care to more preventative measures. But in my opinion, and what I think I argued for in, in my article is actually, you know, why not have both? Why not have the health service that kind of has that emergency aspect to it, which we do also need. And then the care service, which has, you know, the preventative, aspect to it the, the measures that can help the elderly when they get get to that position in their lives where they need the support that they need and and the measures that can help younger people well all people um if they're going through a tough time mentally as well 
Um, so, so I, and so, you know, I, I lent on, lent on Victorian politics because they were dealing with issues of sanitation and hygiene, and it was the first real steps towards kind of getting rid of slums in across cities at the time. Um, is the issues that they were sorting with, sort kind of dealing with, um, and I was kind of looking at, well, how do they get about sorting that, and how can we then apply it today? Brilliant. That was a really great overview of your article. Thank you. Um, I'm just going to drop this into conversation because I always have to. Um, but I did a placement year with the NHS last year. Um, and reading your article, from my perspective, I found it so interesting. Um, a lot of, well, not a lot of, but maybe a lot of, <laughs> a good portion of the work that I did last year um, kind of felt um, maybe spur of the moment or ad hoc, um, and, you know, just through the nature of the funding situation and the priorities given to, to the NHS by the government. Um, sometimes it's difficult to really plan ahead um, because a lot is being asked of you all the time and especially with coronavirus that everything just kind of went up in the air. Um, so I think it's a really useful thing to consider, um, like the reevaluation of the position of NHS and care in our society. Um, so yeah, that, that was brilliant. Thank you, Matthew. Yes, um, what I was going to touch on next was um, whether the journalism that you've been experiencing in this year or the topics of research more specifically um, is something that you would be interested in pursuing a bit more further. Um, Afrika, like the themes of class and gender particularly that you spoke about earlier has definitely informed some of like your poetry because um, I've read some of the ones that I thought were fantastic. Um, <laughs> so I'm not just like plugging it on the podcast, but um, yeah, no, I thought they, they were great and like, but they tap into some of the themes that you were talking about earlier. Like how have, like, how have your interests kind of evolved like through the process? Yeah, absolutely. So I guess um, I only started writing journalistically, I think about like last year. Well, oh God, it feels like much longer ago actually now. I think it was in like 2020, um, like at the end of my first year. Um, and I guess I think my first article I ever wrote was actually about class disparities caused by the pandemic. So it's always been like on my mind. And I think at Durham, it's quite a um, hot topic, I guess. I won't go into that. Um, but yeah, it's definitely informed a lot of my poetry. And then with journalism, it's just the stuff that I find really interesting, I guess, with the current government as well, how things are handling there with funding. And I guess, yeah, it, it does really inform like, my writing. And I think with Northern Ireland, that's like a big thing because it's it's a um I almost said country then it's a part of the UK that is so um different to the others for many many reasons but especially with the government so I guess that yeah it's just something that has always kind of been touched upon in my writing in general and I really like to fuse the two and I feel like when you write journalistically you find your niche and that is definitely kind of like my niche now so like I feel a bit more confident writing about it rather than like I guess I always thought that if you wrote about politics, you'd be writing again about like single markets, like economics. But it's like, actually, no, you can write about a range of things that don't even touch upon maths or like economics, which is great because I know nothing. But yeah, so I guess that's kind of how it all has evolved. And Matthew, um, do you think that journalism is something that you'd be interested in pursuing further based on kind of what you've been doing with us? Yeah, I mean, always been quite interested in journalism, journalism fairness. And I think what I always really like about journalism is the fact that I guess you can come up with solutions that are probably a bit more radical than you could if 
you know you were talking in a political sense or an economic sense or anything like that you're just given a bit more free reign to kind of say what you think a lot of the time and, and kind of put down a position that, that I guess experiments with new ideas with ways that might improve that people might not have thought of before um I guess that's what's quite nice about journalism as a whole and what I quite enjoy about journalism is just to be able to say actually you know what maybe it wouldn't work for any number of economic or social reasons or whatever but you know it, it's a good shot and it might work if if we gave it a go um and journalists are the only kind of people who I think really have that platform and that position to really get into that and say that so yeah you know definitely give journalism more of a go on top of that of what I've been doing over the summer wow that was that was so interesting that was really great to listen to um journalism aside are there any other career paths that either of you are interested in pursuing maybe um we're asking this because we kind of want to take more of a career focus on our podcast and blog this year mainly because we know a lot of our well i'm assuming most of our audience are humanities students and there's obviously a never-ending range of career paths that you can go into as a humanities graduate um, well, me personally, I have no idea what I'm going to be doing in a year when I graduate. Um, so it'd be brilliant if you could maybe throw out some ideas, maybe give some inspiration for the people listening. Yeah, sure. So um, as well as journalism, I'm very interested in publishing. So I did an internship with Penguin over the summer, which was really, really interesting. And I definitely found that writing journalistically helped with my application and with my time there because it gives you so many invaluable skills overall but also publishing is such a changing um industry and I was working in the non-fiction department so much like history and politics and much like journalism it had quite a strong focus on current affairs and um politics in general also cookery which was great but not not quite similar to history and politics um so yeah I guess as well I've never really thought about going to research as much. It seems academia seems quite expensive <laughs> to go into. I don't know much about it, but like it's definitely something I look into. But writing things like this has really inspired a lot of my like degree work. And um, yeah, I'm kind of thinking, is that something I would like to pursue in further? Maybe academic writing, because before this academic writing had only been for my degree and like done at like 2am crying over an essay. So it's quite like refreshing <laughs> um, like perspective on academia in general but yeah just to come back on that point um i know a lot of people are interested in a publishing career and that it's notoriously difficult to get an internship so i just wondered if you had any advice around getting into publishing i've heard also that the kind of inklings that publishing is not always what you expect it to be um so perhaps we could also maybe hear a bit more about um, your experience working for a publishing company and if it was different at all um, to what you expected it to be like? Absolutely I guess um, one of the main things for like, people applying or people going, thinking about going into publishing is a lot of people assume that they want to work in editorial which is obviously where you um, pitch books and read through and work with the author quite closely but that's such like an oversubscribed field and it's a very intense job and you might find actually you don't really like it that much. So I personally worked under the communications team and specifically in marketing, but I also worked in publicity as well. So that was like something that really interested me in general. Um, and that helped me in my application because when I was applying, I knew I should maybe focus on marketing and what I'd like done previously at university and stuff like that. Um, I'd say it was quite different to what I thought it was going to be. Um, in terms of 
there's a lot less reading when you're in non-fiction there's a lot less reading to do because I was obviously doing cookery books and current affairs things where I could read things quite quickly and um, I say the big thing to expect is that everyone is as nice as you might think they will be because they're all like typical English students I feel like we have such a stereotype where like there's tote bags and like chili bottles and you know things like that and everyone's vegan um, so I would definitely say that but yeah just look into different sectors of publishing so there's like rights there's sales there's marketing there's editorial of course um yeah there's so many that you can think about going into like administration and production um which you might find more suited to you so whilst you are still working on books it's like it's still like a big corporate business which has so many different aspects to it and then if you find your niche and what you think you might be interested in that'll help your application so much more and um penguin open up applications for their internship that i took part in in like march april time so that's just like a little tip for anyone wanting to apply that's super helpful thank you um yeah i was always kind of like oh i like reading books so i'm gonna go and do publishing as a career and people were like, you know, that's like not the full job. Um, so yeah, that was a bit of a reality check for me. Um, but Matthew, is there anything that you're particularly interested in pursuing after graduating? Um, I'm aware that you're only a second year, so that might be a bit of a daunting question. Well, to be fair, I was going to say publishing as well. And as a second year, I think I'm going to take um, take the advice of looking at that internship. <laughs> Um, down the line um, but um, I mean obviously I'm coming from a, from a PPE perspective especially um, but I guess a lot of what history PPE all of it does a lot of the time is obviously a lot of analysis in what we're writing and kind of getting into stuff and so I've always kind of been looking at I know maybe going into the city which I think is something that we just frozen I oh, know they haven't frozen it um, sorry, you just was just sit, sitting so still there. Um, but no, um, going into city, which I, I think um, I think that a lot of the time, you know, it can be a bit daunting. This idea that you know, you've got all of these math students, straight econ students, all of that stuff, applying to these investment banking roles, or you know, not even not even investment banking, just all of these corporate positions. But actually, I think that that a lot of the writing skills that you get, a lot of the analytic skills that you get. Um, probably more valuable a lot of the time and so so you know if that's what you want to if you want to do do a more corporate side of things I think you do have an edge because I mean from my albeit one year experience of economics it's it's a lot more learned you, you can learn it on the job and you can pick it up um, you can pick up the theory whereas actually I think there's a real value to being able to to write and to analyze and to develop ideas that I think is you know is really really kind of an asset of the of humanity. So I think um, that'd be one one area that I'd be interested in going into. But definitely going to pick up on that publishing <laughs> publishing opportunity later on in the year. Oh, I love that spreading advice on the history and politics podcast. Um, just as an additional question on that, um, just about careers in general. Do you think that your kind of knowledge of the careers out there is like limited? Because I personally, I had no idea all the different of all the different kinds of careers that are out there um, until I went on placement. Like there's so many jobs that just no one really talks about when you're in education. 
So for example, I was on the staff engagement team, um, but there were loads of kind of little different jobs in what I did. So internal communications, but there was like specific jobs within that. There was organizational development. And I just had no idea that jobs like this existed. Um, And to kind of pick up on what Matthew was talking about, at Durham especially, you speak to people and the people that kind of know what they want to do are usually people that want to go into finance or they want to be a lawyer or they want to be an investment banker. Um, And when I've been to careers fairs in the past, it kind of seems that they're oriented towards these career avenues um, and the kind of like set paths. Um, Just as a broad question, do you think more could be done to expand our horizons? Um, Or is it more of a case of having to get out there and test the waters which I think can be quite daunting if you're graduating and you don't really know the kind of career market and the job market that you're entering into. Yeah um, I mean I, I think having you know began the, the search this year for internships um, it, it's very easy to find you know the, the kind of opportunities that you were just talking about so, so, so you see all of the big names on the Durham Opportunities websites, um, JP Morgan and whatever. Um, and it's very, very easy to apply to them because you go onto the application thing and they say, um, you know, hook up your CV and then write a couple of, answer a couple of questions that we've got for you. And so, yeah, I, it, it's difficult. And, I, and you know, I, I've been trying to look for, for stuff which is a bit more out there, a bit more different, probably more related to journalism, writing, anything around that kind of thing. But I mean, I've struggled to find anything realistically at this point. Um, and so, yeah, I think a lot more needs to be done. Um, and, you know, I think Durham could, you know, refocus a lot on, on their opportunities and they could look at trying to find those opportunities, which actually, you know, you've got more chance of, of getting onto and you'll probably enjoy more because you're not spending your whole time thinking that you're competing with somebody. Um, you, you, you know, you're, you're, you've picked a kind of more niche subject that you can really get into and really kind of learn um, and know that actually you're one of a very few number of people who are doing that niche subject. So, yeah, I think that's, that's definitely somewhere that there needs to be a lot of improvement in terms of providing opportunities for those less, I guess, um, well, uh, less trodden career paths. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. When I first came to uni, um, and like even during A-levels I had no real clue but I thought well I like politics I like writing there'll be something there and then I went to like careers fairs in like the first term or first year of some of my friends I guess it was like a career like a, an icebreaker in some ways and I would just walk around the stalls and it would just all be very like focused on like STEM or finance or business and obviously English students can go into like financial things oh sorry can go into financial things but I mean I don't particularly want to so it was kind of a thing where I would panic and I would just be sat there like oh my god everyone said English was going to be unemployable and now look at you you know but then doing research was definitely something that um was tough because it's like where do you start because none of my family have studied English and none of them have gone to a uni like Durham or like none of them have really worked in the industries that I want to work in um especially creative industries where typically you're on quite a low wage and you're living in London well I'm not from London so how on earth will I be able to live there afford to live there in a city I have no clue about 
and doing a job that is quite low paid compared to what you would expect when you graduate from university so it was definitely tough to work out what I would recommend to like anyone who's looking to go into like creative industries there's something called creative access and that's like a great website which has all of like the creative jobs listed like from tv to publishing to radio to um like visual arts every everything you can think of um that's really good because it made me realize like publishing was a bit more accessible than I thought it was going to be journalism still quite tough to get into I feel especially because a lot of it's down south but there's a lot of movements for it to be up in media city and Salford um near Manchester so that's great um what I would say is that like the industry is changing and I do think the country is realizing that London can't always be the hub for everything or the focus for everything that's what I found really like reassuring because Penguin themselves are considering moving up to the north um Hachette already have these like big publishing firms HarperCollins have um and that's great for people up here because moving to London again is daunting and expensive so I would say just like things are changing the industry is changing especially creative ones and there's you know there's still a lot more to be done but yeah, that's reassuring in general yeah definitely check out creative access and just don't be daunted by the fact that all oh, careers fairs seem very very stem focused because I literally was like why can't you do maths if you had done maths you'd be fine <laughs> but yeah <laughs> that's super solid advice thank you I'm gonna hand back to Max for the last few questions well one thing that I was going to ask anyway was um what kind of advice that you would give to anyone who's considering applying to be a writer or contributor for us this year um yeah, so I'd be interested to hear about that before I go into our last question. I guess, um, I guess to, to you know, not panic if if you don't necessarily know what you're going to write about at the time. Um, not not kind of think I need a whole plan set out or a whole even you know theme to to write about. Just kind of, I guess, if you enjoy writing and you like writing, then give it a shot because it, it's if you know you'll you'll enjoy it and you'll get something out of it. Um, in that you'll be able to research a topic that you enjoy um, and it will you know aid you obviously in a, in a kind of more egotistical way in terms of both your degree and then future opportunities um, as something you can uh, shove on the CV um, but you know I, it's, it's a win-win all around for you so, so so you know if you enjoy writing anything give it a go. Yeah I'm the exact same definitely just go for it I know some of the writers will have had previous like writing experience maybe for Platinate or The Bubble or whatever, all, all the many magazines. But what ultimately this is about is obviously ideas and like parts of history that are interesting to you. So don't try and like write about, I don't even know, Napoleon Wars when you're not actually interested in that. You're interested in like recent women's movements or stuff like that, you know? Um, and I think just make sure just, I remember I looked up on the website, making sure that there wasn't like articles that I was thinking about writing about already up just because then it looks like you're more interested like you're very very interested in the blog but also you're more prepared because like definitely at times when the deadline was approaching I was like oh god what am I writing on but there's so many like your interests are so vast and you don't realize it so definitely go for that niche thing that you've always wanted to learn about and also like don't worry about the deadlines or don't worry about like um the big word count everyone's really really lovely on the team like I really appreciated everyone's like time and patience because like you know we all have extra things to be doing and stuff so it can be quite stressful but they're all so considerate so don't think it's going to be a big big commitment because it's ultimately for your enjoyment for others I'm really glad that you both enjoyed doing it you've both been fantastic you're kind of just like yeah this is lovely to hear to be honest but um 
yeah, like it's really nice to hear that you're kind of the purpose of the history and politics blog was to take some things that have been historically, but then look at them through a bit more of a modern lens and like how it kind of informs past and present politics. Um, when it sounds like you both hit the nail on the head with that one. Um, but yeah, my last question was, do you think the opportunities such as being a summer writer or the other things out there that you can get involved with at university have helped you towards, I know we kind of touched on career goals, but do you think they've helped you towards that? I mean, I mean, for me personally, I think um, I, I've always kind of had to weigh up whether or not I'm going to do something more economic-y, or if, if that's the word, um, or, or something more kind of journalistic. Um, and I guess for me, um, over the summer, kind of going into second year and having to to begin thinking about actually, you know, what do I want to do as an as a internship or something like that next summer, and have that conversation, I think that... Um, you know, summer writing has really helped kind of steer myself towards wanting to do something a bit more based upon writing. Um, so I think, yeah, it's definitely helped in terms of making a decision there for me. Yeah, I'm the exact same. It's definitely like, <clears throat> like I was saying earlier, solidified my interest in like academia and in, in politics. Because um, again, when you study English, you do touch upon those things where you're like, can I ever really go into it? Or, and I don't know if I would go into politics or anything, but it's definitely fulfilled like my interest and like um my passion for it so I definitely say it would it's really really help like my career um goals even though like obviously again there's no rush to make any decisions because I'm definitely still working things out but it's definitely a great way of like just finding things out because maybe like like Matthew's been writing on health care reforms and like Victorian era stuff that could like inspire your interest into working for the NHS like Emma did like it's a very almost convoluted way or very ten tenuous link but you'll find something along the way and they'll be like oh I didn't even think about that so yeah it's good to things like that that's the podcast thank you everyone who's listened um and thank you again to our amazing summer writers Erfka and Matthew that was a super enriching and just lovely all-round talk um yeah and if you're interested in being a summer writer for us over the next academic year then all the information on how to get involved is on our socials so definitely go and have a look over there go and have a check out of our summer writers articles on our blog and yeah keep your eyes and ears peeled for more podcast contents coming soon thank you for listening and see you all again soon